Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Apollo 13 was launched on April 11, 1970, the third manned mission intended to land on the moon. Two days later, an oxygen tank exploded on board, setting off a cascade of light-threatening disasters to the three-man crew, limited power, loss of cabin heat, a shortage of drinking water, and damage to the carbon dioxide removal system. The communication among astronauts Jack Swigert and James Lovell with the NASA Mission Control Center, also known as Houston, is the stuff of legend. At the moment before the explosion, you hear Houston giving a routine directive. Jack Swigert says, okay, stand by followed by a fateful two minutes of silence. Jack Swigert comes on again. Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. The response comes, this is Houston, say again, please. And James Lovell jumps in, uh, Houston, we've had a problem. You can go to Wikipedia, type in Houston, we have a problem, and listen to this exchange, despite the fact that everyone knows that this is an unprecedented disaster. This exchange has all the emotional content of people discussing which dish soap to buy. The astronauts are absolutely out of control, literally and figuratively out of their known universe, their lives hanging in the balance. And yet, they're clear and calm and entirely in the moment, reserving all their energy for problem solving and getting back to Earth. After six days in space, despite enormous hardship and uncertainty, traveling to the other side of the moon and setting a record for the farthest humans have ever traveled from Earth, the crew returns safely. It felt like a miracle. Houston, we have a problem. These five words and that flying leap into action are the perfect response to being completely out of control, which we are all the time. I only say this because it's true. It's true, and it can be excruciatingly uncomfortable. When we acknowledge that we are fundamentally out of control, an irrefutable fact of the human condition, only then can we strategize about how to make it workable and a little more bearable and ultimately freeing. In his book, Solve for Happy, Mohammed Mo Gaudet, an Egyptian entrepreneur, writes, back in 2008, all over the globe, 
many people felt they'd truly done all their financial homework, thought that they'd thought through every possible scenario, followed expert advice, and planned a clear path forward. They thought that everything was under control, right up until the US housing bubble burst, triggering the largest economic crisis the world has faced since the Great Depression. Over the span of a few months, they went from all figured out to what just happened. Some recovered, some are still suffering. But everyone learned that things can go wrong, very wrong. They learned it. We all learned it. But it's so hard and so painful to retain that lesson. We're hardwired with the illusion of being in control. Other species run when the tiger shows up. We can forecast risk and plan our escape long before the tiger is even born. We can scan the territory and identify every possible threat, including those that are wildly hypothetical. We can take preventative measures, build walls, and add surveillance cameras. And we can extend our plans to include those we love because their safety is part of our emotional safety. And all this is very well and good until the oxygen tank, or the figurative oxygen tank, explodes. Mogodet strategized meticulously, mapped his career, planned his investments and savings and purchases, invested in all kinds of insurance. And then four days into a family's summer vacation, his son Ali was admitted to the hospital with appendicitis. When a syringe was inserted to blow in carbon dioxide to expand his abdominal cavity to clear space for the rest of the procedure, the needle was pushed just a few millimeters too far. By the time the medical team realized that Ali's femoral artery had been punctured, it was too late. A routine surgery went horribly, horribly wrong. And Mogodet's son was dead. All his well-laid plans and dreams were burned to ash. Mogodet began to research the true nature of tragedy. He writes, we say such a dramatic turn of events is so unexpected. But is that really true? How often does something like this happen? All the time. In the United States alone, medical errors are the third leading cause of death, accounting for somewhere between a quarter and a half a million deaths a year. Other human errors, such as driver error, takes the lives of millions more. We are surrounded by unplanned, unexpected, disruptive, life-changing circumstances and events. In his New York Times bestseller, The Black Swan, The Impact of the Highly Improbable, Lebanese-American scholar and statistician Nassim Nicholas Taleb calculates the so-called rare and improbable events in our lives. He calls them black swans, 
and demonstrates that they touch all of our lives far more often than we like to think. Randomness, he concludes, is the rule. And we can't even begin to imagine everything that contributes to catastrophic events. This is one way to think about the butterfly effect. Meteorologist Edward Lorenz's explanation of seemingly minor and unrelated events leading to major upheavals. Lorenz ran a series of weather models inputting almost imperceptible changes in wind speed, which he compared to the flapping of a butterfly's wings. His conclusions revealed that the turbulence caused by butterfly in Brazil could cause a hurricane in Florida. Metaphorically, at any given moment, we're being buffeted by uncounted butterflies, changing our lives forever. From butterflies to black swans, control is an illusion. These facts are not meant to depress us. They're just facts. And ignoring the facts, as we all know, is not a winning strategy. But here's the good news. When we face the facts, we can make some very different choices. When we navigate our lives with our minds and our hearts open to the truth, we can choose to be happy. How did happiness slip into this grim equation? Just this, we can continue to plan, to strive with intention, to live with devotion to our highest ideals. But when we detach from outcomes, it is possible to be truly happy. There's nothing wrong with planning. Where we derail is the moment that something unexpected happens and we react by trying to exert more control in an attempt to get back on track. Instead, we need to look at the new circumstances with an open, fresh perspective. Let go of the illusion of being able to control the outcome. Try to accept the new direction use the new events in our favor, and keep on moving forward. Obviously, for the rest of his life, Mo Godet will grieve the loss of his son. But in Ali's name, he has chosen to dedicate his work to helping others accept our fate and to incorporate our losses into our life's purpose. He writes, I make practicing acceptance my priority. I focus on doing the best I can in every situation. I keep aiming high, but remain emotionally detached from the results. If I miss a target, I look back, learn, and try again as if nothing were lost. I plan, but I don't attempt control beyond the span of the present moment. Mogodet concludes, nothing has helped me through the tragedy of losing Ali more than the understanding 
of the illusion of control. Is there anything I can do to bring him back? Was there anything I could have done to save him? Would any amount of grieving be rewarded with a chance to see him again? No. I set the expectation side of my happiness equation based on the truth. Ali is gone. All I control now are my actions and my attitude. I choose to be grateful for the years he blessed us with his presence. I choose to honor his life with my actions. That's within my control. I will turn sadness into happiness and do what I can to continue his life through the lives of those who will reap the benefits of contributions I make in his honor. Whenever I feel down or defeated, I hear him singing a line from the theme song of one of our favorite video games, there's no sense crying over every mistake, you just keep trying till you run out of cake. This is all I can control. We can either hear this news, this truth, as devastating or freeing. It really is our choice. Nothing is lost until we quit. Or paraphrasing Oscar Wilde, it's all going to be fine in the end. If it's not fine, it's not the end. Beloved spiritual companions, we're hardwired with the illusion of control. But randomness, black swans, are the rule. Our lives are buffeted by the flapping of butterfly wings. Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a solution. We can detach from outcomes, choose a new direction, and keep on moving forward. We can practice acceptance and choose to be grateful. Let us choose to be happy. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.